Hello, dear friends, and welcome to our podcast dedicated to sight reading through the lens of the historically informed performance practice. And today I'm doing a research where I ask all the musicians the same question. So um, what does motivate you to go on stage? Hello, Darina. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, I'm Andrew Byrne. I'm a historical bassoonist. What does motivate you to go on stage? I like to do a live performance. That's a great question. I think... I don't know if this is the answer, but I would say that what is a great privilege for any of us as musicians today, and I think probably is a motivator. I don't know if it is the main motivator, but I don't think we realize, even compared to 10 years ago, how much a privilege it is to walk on stage and for even a two-minute performance, how lucky we are to have however many people there are in the audience give us their full attention. And I, that was a given in so many different aspects of life before smartphones. Um, but today, you almost, it's, it, the concert space is almost the only space left where it's sort of taboo to take out your phone. And I hate to say, I mean, the, probably a movie is the only other place, but, or the, or maybe the, a theater, like a, but I, I don't know if there's really any space left where it's, it's sort of unacceptable to take a phone out and just not really pay attention. And I, I, I haven't realized until recently how destructive or disruptive and destructive it is for that, for it to be acceptable, even on a one-on-one, -on -one, or if you're like with a group of friends, even four friends, that one person may have their phone out at any given time. And it, I don't want to say like, I, I think there is going to be a reaction to that from the sense of our children. We, like, I think we will all, our generation are going to stop our kids from having smartphones, I think. That's how I feel personally. Mm -hmm. Certainly my kids. Um, but I, I think at the moment, it's, it's like such a privilege to do that. And I, and I think there's a, we ha when we go out there, that with that realization that we really can't, as you would say in English, phone it in, like we have to play to our best and, and move those people. Because if we don't move them, um, or at least we don't do what we came there to do with our best intention and best effort, then they may decide it's not worth coming back and what's left, you know, what's left for them and their lives if they don't ever put the phone down. But how do you profit from that personally? What, what is your attraction to this activity? I, I just played a private concert three, two or three weeks ago anyway. And there was this moment, it, it, it's, you know, these thing, thing, things happen in a concert sometimes and you, and it's memorable for what it is at the moment, but you know it'll never sort of happen again in the same way and you can't replicate it. And for me in this one, I think we were, we were probably 30 people in the audience. We were in a beautiful farmhouse and w two of us, we played really, really well. We really enjoyed it. 
no complaints about the performance. And then afterwards, the host said, thanks very much for playing. Would you take any feedback? And I was like, okay, sure. And I was really worried that people were like, yeah, yeah, but I thought, mm, your ornaments or whatever, you know, <laughs> the, oh, the intonation was a little bit more. And people just were, said, oh, I could really, I really imagined, I could hear that you were really playing. And I don't mean play, but I mean like with toys, you know, play like children. I really, you know, and they were giving you like how they felt emotionally, what they saw and how uh, I've never heard the air move like that, like up and down and that sort of thing. And you realize that whether or not they think about it again, that in that moment, it really was meaningful for them. And therefore it was very meaningful for me because it, what's most important to me is that someone is sort of taken on a journey internally um, but at the end of it, you realize that that was, that was a group activity and everybody there actually, I didn't know this going into it, but they all had known each other for 40 years, most of those people. And that was really something that was meaningful to all of them. It was a part, of, it was a community building activity. And that I think is what we offer in general is that we offer an experience which is a communal experience, which everybody experiences together. But you're talking again about like, the others the audience but how does it warm up your heart but that's like, what i mean yeah, i'm saying okay. that the, that experience to know that you're the focal point of an activity which is which which happens once to those people and sometimes those people are strangers but sometimes they they're there together and to know that they they will connect a moment in their life with that performance somehow like it's it's important to me that i help them do that mm, really you know cool. and you know like I, i remember one of the things of my you know when i visit my parents or whatever sometimes there are these moments of do you remember that point in our life yeah it was when we went to that concert you know you'll remember a sort of time based on what music you listen to yeah or you remember when we went oh yeah i remember that yeah and that was when your mother whatever you know that yeah. sort of thing and so i think those sort of events are absolutely uh, like we need to be those people who who help frame the the experiences of of, of others and I, i find that meaningful yeah that's a very noble point of view i would say <laughs> really cool thank you very much andrew So first of all, could you please introduce yourself? Because I know you very well, but of course, for our listeners, even though we had you on our show once with uh, Renaissance music, mm -hmm. um, yeah, but now it starts again. Hello, my name is Johanna Bartz. I'm a flute player. Uh, I mainly play historical traverso instruments, ranging from late medieval repertoire to early 20th century, but I also, sometimes it happens that I play contemporary repertoire, but then actually on historical flutes. And um, 
my main focus in my work is on the 18th century, so on Baroque music, but also on 16th, early 17th century, on the Renaissance repertoire. And I'm a freelance flutist, but I also have a small teaching position at the Schola Cantorum Basiliensis for Renaissance Traverso Consort and um, also for Pedagogy Traverso. So it's a little bit of a mix, but I'm mainly there for the Renaissance flute. My question is, what is your motivation to go on stage and how do you personally profit from that? That's a really hard question. And I think initially, if I think back to, to my first performance experiences ever as a child, um, there was maybe not such a strong motivation to go on stage. Uh, it was more the fascination of playing an instrument or I remember my very first performance I ever did was actually dancing in a small, you know, dance group for children. And I remember sometimes people say like children are not nervous, but I remember I was incredibly nervous. I was six years old <laughs> and it was really that part was difficult. But I think um, going on stage was just a side effect of, yeah, uh, of wanting to play music or doing something with an instrument. And then, yeah, the being on stage part and performing for an audience had to go along with it. But initially, that was never my motivation, like uh, to play an instrument. And then the question is a little bit like why where's that motivation now or what is that motivation um, and to be honest it took me a while uh, in my own biography I would say to to develop or to understand if there's a motivation to go on stage because to be honest I'm from like naturally I'm very nervous going on stage um And for me, there was even a time in my life where I wondered if I could become a professional musician. It was when I was like 19, 20 years old. And I didn't have a lot of pleasure going on stage just because of this nervosity aspect. And what kept me on the stage nonetheless was um, mostly the aspect of communicating Um And this comes in, in different forms. So one um, element of communication is, of course, between the musicians when you play in an ensemble. That's just this immense pleasure of like um, communicating with each other and um, creating something together. And one aspect that came a little bit later to me was this idea of or just realizing that it's also about communication with an audience. Um, in historically performed practice, of course, we have so many difficult questions coming along with that. So we have, if we have a more modern or um, idea that music is like a universal language that everybody can understand and everybody can feel. In historically performed performance practice, we have all these questions of like, oh, wait, do we actually understand the codes of an 18th, even 19th century piece of music or 18th century or going back even further, like, we don't have the same background as humans. We are just, our whole reality of living is so profoundly different from a person uh, many hundred years ago. And are we able to transport something 
nonetheless through the music. So this is something we have to deal with. And it's there's no answer. I think there are many answers and many approaches to this um, to this topic. But I would like to leave this out because it's so complex. But in general, what I find very fascinating and gratifying is that in the moment you are on stage, um, be it alone or in an ensemble, there's a room full of people and everybody listens to the same thing. People don't argue. And just this, I love this moment when you sometimes, you know, when you have a moment where you don't have to play in the concert and then you have time to look into the audience and you just see the faces of people. And what I find really beautiful is that no matter what the people do or who they are, in some moments they just lose this daily life mask, you know, like all our preconceptions that we have or our thoughts, our worries, everything that shapes very much how we get go into contact with the world. It just, um, you see a bit more through to the people because, uh, and this is one of my favorite moments when you just realize the people are really there in this moment, or maybe they are in their own thoughts, but um, people are somehow calm and they have a space to think. And what I find really fascinating is that if you play music on stage, um, if you play something on stage, it can arrive completely different at two. If you play something for three different persons, they might all perceive something different and still they are all listening to the same thing and they wouldn't, maybe they would discuss about it after, but in a way it's still a very um, peaceful situation. And I find this very interesting that you have a big space for individual perception that comes by default. And at the same time, you have an experience that embraces everybody who's present in the room, which is very beautiful for me. And this is, I think, my main motivation to go on stage is this to create a bridge and um, to give space for something that there's a time and space where people are just like experiencing something um, at the same time and something similar, but at the same time, there's so much space for their own world of thoughts. I would say this is my main motivation now to go on stage. Thank you. And um, another question, how did it change over the years of your professional life? How did this feeling and this motivation change? And yeah, which kind of stages maybe it went through? How could you describe that experience? Yeah, I think it came more in the beginning. It came from almost a sort of it's hard to describe. Um, I think I didn't have this motivation very clear. Uh, it was something that happened a bit like instinctively or um, somatically that I just felt like, okay, there's something happening in the room. Um, and maybe initially my my motivation was just very strong to play together with other musicians or to play my instrument, like a big love and fascination for the flute, um, for historically informed playing or or just, yeah, for the love of music. So it was um, maybe a bit more connected to my own pleasure that I had in playing. And the way it changed over the years was to realize more and more, yes, you, well, we play for an audience. And what does this mean? And to realize that there is 
a very strong relationship that you build in that very moment with with people who are present. And I used to be uh, I used to be very nervous about that, and I. I sometimes even perceive the audience as like, you know, this huge sea of enemies or <laughs> I don't know how to to phrase it in a better way, but like something that would frighten me immensely. And uh, and then I remember once I had a lesson uh, when I studied in Brussels for an Erasmus year with Bartot Kuyken. He just, we talked about breathing in one lesson and then he said, if you just have the image to breathe in the entire room, like you breathe in, you take the breath from the last corner of the room and, and would embrace everybody who's present in the room. And I, I remember this still because it changed so much. Like it didn't only affect my the technical um, uh, real, realization of uh, breathing, but it also affected very much this feeling that I had before that I would be separated from the audience. And now I had something like, oh, actually, yeah, we are all part of the same thing here. And and then I realized that I also observed that he's someone who watches the audience. Like he really, if you ever, I mean, you have been to concerts with him and it's very fascinating because when he plays, he looks into the audience. He looks into the faces of people. And I remember when I saw him performing the first time, I was really intrigued by that. And then I realized, yeah, he's, um, it's this ability to, or it, it actually erases the, the fear of, of an audience that is like a bit threatening. And once I started to, to realize that, okay, the audience is not my, my enemy. It's a really bad word to use, but, um, it's, uh, you know, not something that frightens me, but it's also like just humans who are there. And of course they have their own ideas. And in some contexts they judge you or they have to judge you if it's an exam or an audition or something like that, but it's, that's all okay. And, um, I think that was a, a big step that changed a lot for me to realize, okay, it's not something that I have to be afraid of, but um, I just confronted with acknowledging like all these people are present and they're just there. It's okay. <laughs> and then from there on it, I could enjoy more and more this. Yeah. That in the end, it's a form of communication and, and like mm, getting into like communicating something without becoming awkward or like getting too close it's and it's very interesting because it's a mix of it's a blend blend of like communicating something that can be extremely intimate but at the same time you don't um overstep a, a, a personal border or mm -hmm. boundary that you know you don't overstep something which is really great like you can communicate something very personal but you're not it's not weird for the people they choose to be there and um, there's this form of whatever concert format it is I mean nowadays we have thank god we have so many innovative approaches to how we what we understand what of our understanding of a performance and not necessarily this very strict um, late 19th century um, concert situation that um, was the standard for many many decades Um yeah, and just apart from that, uh, it's just I find it very beautiful that uh, we we communicate something extremely personal 
And at the same time, the form allows us to respect the boundaries of the other person that's listening. That's a very interesting thought. And thank you very much for answering my question. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> I'm very thankful that you are here. Thanks, Dina, for coming. Could you please tell about yourself for our listeners? Hi, uh, I'm also happy to be here. Thanks. Um, well, I don't know what to say. My name is Dina. I was a musician. That's why I think we know each other. But uh, in the past years, I changed my profession. I'm doing like a little research among musicians and my colleagues and friends. And I ask always the same question. I think nowadays for you, maybe it's not that relevant, but maybe before, or maybe if you would go on stage now, you could answer this. What does motivate you to go on stage? Um, it's interesting. I think um, one of the things that I also got interested a lot the past years was in philosophy and psychology and that just recently... I <sighs> read an article that they, they describe what's the difference between motivation and will, so to say. I don't know, maybe maybe in, in different languages, it's um, maybe in English I can't describe it so well, because in, 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 in Russian it's like, um, would be motivace i volia. Okay, so basically this. I think you, you asked me before, do I miss going on stage? I, I don't miss it either, because for me it was also, I never, so I liked being on stage but I wasn't there like I, I didn't need needed this this moment of like ah look at me and like listen to me it's like ah <laughs> I think the pro I mean so to say I always appreciated the public and what I did as a medium of, of music of course it was for the public but the what if I miss something I miss the process of this energy exchange between musicians If it's good people, sorry. <laughs> Because just the karma between some people is not working. There is no energy flow. Um, yeah, I think general motivation is a, is a very big topic in life. I think many things, they don't happen without motivation. But I have the feeling in music, like... When does the motivation come from, from comes from yourself, from inside? And when is it related to outer aspects? And I think, again, there's a topic of money, because sometimes you're like, you maybe say, I don't want to do this project, I'm not motivated, but I need the money. Mm -hmm. Or other times you are just like, okay, the money maybe is not so important, but just like this music, this thing is like, I always wanted to sing it. So it's always a, a difference between, does the motivation come from inside or from outside? But I think it's, it's always changing and, 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 and it's normal because now sometimes, I mean, not every worker also probably has a motivation from inside to just go, um, except for like <laughs> being paid. But there are other days that the motivation comes verily or bigly from, from inside of you. Um, yeah, for me, it, it was always this, this, it was difficult to find motivation to, to practice. But I think I never had problems for motivation for going on stage. Because this moment of giving something and the moment of, of being able to have this exchange of energy and this unique moment with other musicians, I think this was motivation enough for me to go on stage, so to say. 
or to do this this job. But in the end, I think what absolutely killed my motivation completely, that there was so much around all this kind of process, not related to music maybe, that just killed the motivation for me completely mm-hmm. to do this or to, to have this this precious moment. So to say for me the 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 weight was like so much going on the negative side that all these beautiful moments or this motivation that I had or passion, I don't know how you call it for music, it just yeah, it disappeared. Um, what would make you um, motivated to go on stage now? Is there a thing nowadays like that is not so negative that will bring you on stage? Mm, difficult because I have the feeling as I don't want it or I don't miss it, I think there's hardly anything that really would motivate me to go back on stage. I think, yeah, I mean, um, um, maybe it was a... I can imagine for sure that I made it very clear in my interviews and the way I appeared that I just, I don't want to go on anymore. But it's like, also, you see how easily you get forgotten and how easily replaceable you are, even if people say, no, how can we do without you? Some months, it's good. There are many altos, it's okay. And um, um, it would definitely not be money, for sure not. I mean, the very little things that I was still doing in this past two years since I stopped or jumping in for somebody, I really did it for people that are special to me or special colleagues or I don't know, like, um, yeah, friends that I was really like, okay, I, I'm sure they're going to be this nice, so to say, beautiful energy and musical exchange again. Um, okay, there may be one or two pieces that I really loved singing the solo in. Maybe if people would ask me again, maybe I would think about it. Just, just, but just this again, just because of the factor of music. I mean, I, I loved to sing the solo in Handel's Messiah. I loved it. And especially because I got it to do many times with Andrea Marcon. I think if he would ask me again to jump in, I would. And again, not for the money, not for the prestige, but just because I love this piece and I could, I don't know, have like the full orchestra behind me, like, and maybe just about this, about like the, this kind of initial reasons why I actually started doing music of having fun, having this beautiful connection with all the other people. I, I never liked like to sing alone or just with someone alone. I preferred many people because mm-hmm. I don't know, then the, if, if, if the energy flows, it flows and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So Andrea, if you're listening to our podcast, please contact Dina. <laughs> She's waiting. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, Dina. It was an amazing talk. Thanks. Hi, Darina. Thank you for inviting me. I'm Pablo Gigosos. I'm a traverso player as well, uh, coming from Spain, but uh, living here in Basel, where we actually, both of us, we, we meet in the Escola Cantorum, in the class with Marjantai. Thank you very much, Pablo, for agreeing to join our conversation. And actually, well, it's my research that I'm doing currently. And my question is, I ask the same questions all the musicians, all my friends and colleagues. What does motivate you to go on stage? A super interesting question. Thank you, uh, Darina. Well, actually, there is many, many things I, I would say. When I was a, a little kid, actually, that was actually the reason why I decided to, to go on music. And I, I had a concert in, a, in my hometown in Salamanca, in a big hall. And I remember playing uh, with the orchestra, just a little solo. But I remember 
it took me so much to, to get there and to study. Um, and then when we finished and um, the orchestra conductor just asked me, like usually every uh, soloist, usually to stand up. And I remember the feeling that I play well, I was really happy about it. And then this applause and with the, everyone was super excited about it. And I felt really, really good because after all that work that uh, I was doing before, like it paid off in the sense I could feel, I felt really happy about it. And the people uh, was as well with the, with the result. And that was as a kid, one of the main things I decided that ah, this is so amazing. I, I want to feel this uh, all my life. Um, and of course, it's definitely this is connected with the with affectos and with the expressions. Usually, when we, that's why we are doing music. In my case, sometimes sometimes it's difficult for me when I speak with the with the people to really know what the people is feeling or they are knowing. For me, music in this situation is like a little oasis. I don't know if it's said like this in English. It gives me the, 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 the space where I can try to, to express what I, what I have inside myself um, in, a easy, in a easier way, to me at least, since I struggle a little bit sometimes to be maybe em, 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 empathic, I think it's said, or to understand the, the feelings of other peoples from music. And coming on stage, it gives me this freedom of try to be myself and to express what I have inside myself. How did this motivation or this wish to go on stage, how did it change over the years of your career when you started and now? Like, what is the trip what is the travel well in a way maybe it's also connected with being nervous on stage i had a little i had a moment where i actually thought okay maybe this is not for me um i had a really bottom line i did one time an an orchestral audition uh when i was around 20 or something like this and i was so much well prepared uh, but then uh, i screw up so much I did it really badly because of stress. And then I thought, mm, maybe this is, is not for me because it's been already some years. It was really, really, really horrible. Like hell, really thinking, okay, maybe this is not the place. Uh, so then I decided to give myself another opportunity. Then I had an audition with the Amsterdam Baroque Orchestra uh, that it was just, I don't know, like three weeks or four weeks, something like this for an academy with them. And then I thought, okay, I give one more chance. Yes, if this is not working, then I, I just need to start to, to, to think something else. And then I think, I don't know if it was because I went so badly in the other one in Italy, that then since that moment, I remember kind of in general, the nerves start to fade out. And I did really well this uh, this audition. And since this moment for me was a really, it motivation changed completely because suddenly I start looking to the audition or concert or being on a stage in a different way. I learned from this horrible audition to be, to realize that it's not about being good. It was more about, I have something I want to share with you. I want to present it to you. If you like it, it's wonderful because it's what I want to do. If you don't, it's okay. I can go to, to the next thing or whatever. And then since that moment, I approach differently the, the stage completely. And now I'm doing really well, or hopefully instead like this, you never know if things come back. But yes, now I'm enjoying a lot being on stage. And since I'm with my, so with my ensemble, with Brezza, we are doing many concerts and we really, uh, I'm learning a lot from this. So the more you are on stage, 
And with my ensemble, we are really good colleagues. So of course, the different it changes sometimes. Uh, if it's with people you don't know or people that you have really really good feelings, and I have to say, I also learn a lot on stage to be with them, play together, to look at each other, to make jokes uh, on stage. Sometimes we do improvisation as well, and it's always a different feeling, different mm, moment in every concert, and this motivates me a lot to to have uh, to have concert and to be on stage i enjoy a lot you mentioned before about the empathy so you mentioned this empathic um, aspect how does it help you to connect with the audience or how like why did you discover this um issue of empathy and how how do you experience that on stage i have to say since i was a, a teenager I, I struggle a, a little bit in this sense because, well, I am homosexual and at home or in my surroundings it was not so easy. Music, when I was playing at home, I find out myself many times just doing a small improvisation on composition and it was just about, yeah, I had a sad day because maybe uh, something happened in school or at home with my family and then I was really sad. Uh, so then I decided, okay, I just want to be alone. That was a good thing at my home that usually they really like it that I study flute. So then every time I was on the flute, I was not bothered. And that was for me really like a sanctuary. Even sometimes I just wanted to be alone. I knew the only way to, to have this, it was just to be playing. In the moment that it was a flute sounding at home, I was just alone. Nobody disturbed me because for my parents that was important that I was just practicing. But I use a lot of this time to to try to connect with myself and to understand what was going on. And for me, it was difficult to realize I was being sometimes uh, attacked or I couldn't understand the feelings of the other people uh, with me. Um, so I use a lot of the music in this sense to try to discover, to understand feelings and to be with, uh, with my own. I realize, I guess to you happens as well, that sometimes we do many concerts or concerts that is a service or things like this, and you just play normal because it's a job, it's, you're maybe sometimes not super excited about the, the music or the job. And of course you do, you, you, you play, it's fine, it's okay. But then I realize that it's difficult sometimes in this situation to, to really connect if you're not giving completely yourself. And I learned in my experience or in my case, I try to to imagine again to be in my little room at home when I was a kid and try to uh, connect with the emotion within inside myself to tell it to the other people while playing. And I like I like it's a little sad in a way, no, because sometimes those feelings when they come back, um, they were not always happy feelings. But I have to say that I I learn a lot uh, from it and and can be back to this uh, to this stage. Thank you very much, Pablo. A very interesting answer from you, that you are also reconnecting with yourself on stage and it's an important process. Yeah, and it's a very intimate and very individual Completely. process. Yeah. Thank you very much. Have Thank a nice you. day. Bye. Thank you, Darina, for having me. <laughs>